field, which was Jamamo, and he just dumps it off for a first down. Rose and fakes the spike. Another off-season edition of the Smith Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Corey Smith, joined today by a good friend and sports writer Matty Burns. A, a mock draft episode here. What's going on, Burns? How's it going, man? Good to be on the show. All right, so ground rules for this mock draft episode. We're doing picks 1 through 16. You have the odd picks, so you got the Browns, Jets, Broncos, Bucks, Niners, Dolphins, got the Skins, and then running out with the Cardinals. Spectacular! And then I got the Evens, Giants, Browns. Colts, Bears, Raiders, Bills, and Packers. So we're making these picks based on if you were the GM of the team, so you're trying to get the best player, and uh, we're each allowed one trade. You can use that to trade up to get a quarterback or whoever you want. And uh, we'll guess we'll we'll score this based on however these guys are doing a year from now. I mean, it's hard to really tell. I guess we have to wait to the end of their whole career. But yeah, right. We could be completely wrong. So you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, man, it's total crapshoot sometimes. You're leading it off here. You got the Browns. Who are you taking with the first overall pick here? All right, so this I think this draft for the Browns has potential to be an actually a really great draft, which is weird saying that for the Browns since they're usually terrible and they mess everything up. But if I'm the Browns here and I'm the GM, who I think is the best all-around prospect at QB, and that's Sam Darnold, I think he he's he's pretty NFL ready. I think he can step in there and do a good job. He kind of has the attitude for Cleveland. He has a bit of grit compared to Josh Rosen, who's been very kind of uh, hazy about whether or not he'd want to be drafted by Cleveland or not. Darnold's been pretty straightforward saying, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll go wherever, the, wherever I'm drafted. Played pretty well at USC in 2016, 67.2 uh, completion percentage, which is really good. He's an accurate thrower. Threw for over 3,000 yards, 31 touchdowns, and only threw nine picks that year. So really good 2016. And then last year, Completion percentage went down a little bit, 63.1, but threw for over 4,000 yards, which is insane, 26 touchdowns, but uh, got a little messy with the INTs and threw four more than the year before. His strengths, I think he's a really good pocket passer, he's accurate, and he's comfortable moving outside the pocket if he needs to, and he has a good amount of poise with him as well. Like I said, I think he's the most complete NFL-ready quarterback for the draft. I think the Browns should definitely go with him. What are your thoughts? He's the safest QB prospect. I mean, body-wise, he probably gives you the least concern. He's got he's a big-body quarterback. He's a thick boy. He's Josh Allen. Also, he's a big quarterback. But the question is, like, whether first of all, it's accurate. I haven't I haven't seen the body work from Josh Allen to take him number one overall. That that's my yeah, thing. I think he's I think he's a little sketchy back there. Weak schedule too. I mean, he, he when he played against Power Five teams, like against Oregon, who's not even a great team anymore, he got they got killed by Oregon, and he was terrible. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I, I'm not sure about that, but I'm hearing stuff that the Browns are thinking about taking Allen, which I I wouldn't do. I would go with Darnold as well. I think he's got the highest floor of any of these prospects. Right. I think personally, Allen probably has the the biggest ceiling, but he's also the biggest risk. Yeah. I mean, it seems like Allen's got that arm that you, the NFL scouts just freak out about, you know, kind of a Joe Flacco kind of arm just can sling the thing down. I mean, he was thrown at 70 yards down the field of the combine. But no matter who the Browns take, again, it's weird saying this, but they're kind of set up in a good position to take a quarterback here. I mean, they picked up Tyrod Taylor. He's not a, he's not a all-pro quarterback, but he's pretty solid. He can he did a good job with the Bills when he started there. To last, he's a little shaky. I think that's because they didn't trust him for some, whatever reason. Um, but I think no matter what quarterback goes in there, I think they should start with Tyrod and give whoever it is a little more time to um, get you know acclimated to the NFL. And Darnold, I think, would take less time to get ready. And Allen, I, I, I mean, I would, if I was an NFL team, I wouldn't get Allen on the field, maybe for a full season, honestly. I think close to a full season. I mean, he's that kind of, he's that kind of prospect. I think Rosen, Darnold, and Mayfield are ready to step in right away. And I think Jackson and Allen would both benefit from at least like 12 or 13 yeah. weeks watching. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you, man. And it's just, I, I'm really excited for the Browns here, to be honest, because, I mean, so if they have Tyrod, I think that's an action. He's a fa- fantasy-wise, he's a viable off Landry and Joku and 
maybe if they pull, if they somehow get Barkley, if he's still on the board at four, dude, that that's scary. I mean, they have, and Duke Johnson saw it too. He was a really good running back last year. Basically. They do, and they added Carlos Hyde as well from the Niners. That's an, yeah, exactly. So I think they're setting themselves up for success. It seems like they're finally starting to put weapons around their quarterback instead of just throwing him out to the wolves like they did last year with Kaiser. First overall pick. If I'm the Browns, I'm taking the USC boy, Sam Darnold. Good call, man. I'm going the same. I'm going to put that down on the board here. Matty Burns, Sam Darnold, first overall. <laughs> All right, pass the torch to me at two. If I'm the Giants, Dave Gettleman, definitely weighing the possibility of trading back here. I don't think with Darnold off the board, they go quarterback. Me neither. He's the guy they are reportedly really interested in, So, and he's the best one, I think, on the board. Yeah, man, and Dave Gettleman is drooling over Saquon Barkley. Darnold off the board, I think I am going to go with Barkley here. Dave Gettleman keeps talking about the Giants wanting to take a future Hall, future Hall of Fame player, a guy you can see wearing the jacket one day. Instantly adds another dimension to their offense. They weren't great on the ground last year. I mean, Darkwell was decent. Gallman showed some flashes towards the end of the season, but they really they didn't have a guy over four yards per carry. I don't think last year. So much uncertainty with Odell Beckham right now. I didn't I didn't know. I felt like there was a better than fifty percent chance he was going to get traded there for a week or two, but it looks like they're going to keep him for now. What you get in Barkley is a guy with track star speed and a power back frame. So he ran the second fastest 40 time among his group. Had a 4-4, uh, 40 yard dash. He weighs 233 pounds. The guy who finished first almost 40 pounds less than him. Generational talent. The issue is with running backs, and this is what criticism there is about taking him second, is you can get backs late in the draft. There's a lot of talk about Rashad Penny being a good prospect this year. I mean, there's Chubb, there's Maurice Geis from LSU. Geis, but Barkley is possibly, I saw in your notes, he's your, he could be the best prospect just period in this draft. He's a stud, man. He, he, he he's is going top five. And he can do it all. I mean, you saw last year with guys like Kareem Hunt, guys like Alan Kamara, teams like to have a running back that can, that can pass. Because or that can that can receive. I'm sorry, and especially if you have them on your fantasy team, you like them as well because they rack up the points in PPR. I mean, think about it. Who was their last, you know, really solid running back? Was it Tiki Barber? I mean, honestly, who was the guy that they could really depend on that was kind of dynamic in the backfield? They haven't had a solo guy like that since Tiki. Yeah. I mean, they had that they had that three-headed monster with the, the first Super Bowl uh, run right. with Ware. They had Ware. They had a Mod Bradshaw, and I believe it was Brandon Jacobs. That was 2007. Yeah, Jacobs. But they've never had just a, you know, feature back like this in, you know, over a decade. Yeah. A single I mean, guy. That was my – Barkley here was my original pick. I ended up using my one trade here. Uh, I think the Giants might trade with the Bills here. The Bills are getting really desperate. I mean, I think McCar- McCarron's the only viable option at QB, I think, for them at the moment. And who – I don't think you can trust A.J. McCarron to – you know, he could be really solid. We have no idea he's been to back up to the Bengals for a few years. Uh, so I think the Bills get desperate and trade up number two, and the Giants just get a King's ransom for that pick. I mean, they're, they're going to get multiple picks. Uh, two, in, I mean, I guess two in the first round. What do the Bills have? Uh, 12 and 22. So I think my choice would be here if I'm the Giants is to trade that pick, use those two draft picks they get in return to maybe um, get a bulk of the offensive line to protect Eli and then draft Maurice Geis maybe, or another talented running back with one of the other picks. Uh, but still, I, if I'm the Giants, I think I'd go with Barkley if I was the GM, but I don't think that's really going to happen. Um, so that's why I went with the trade. Whoever gets Barkley, though, is going to reap the benefits. The guy's a freak. If he goes to the Giants, number two overall, where do you put him in running back rankings? Uh, I'm thinking second round. Um, is he honestly. a top 10 or top 15 back? He has potential to break the top 10, I think, just because of his threat. Um, in the passing game, because he's not, uh, in my eyes, he's not, uh, you know, in between the tackles kind of guy. Um, so yeah. I think he, does, I think he has top ten, top fifteen potential, and I think he's going to be an early draft pick in most drafts. Better in PPR than standard, I think. For sure, oh, yeah, PPR he'll be a beast. Rare occasion here, New York teams going back to back. You got the Jets <laughs> here at three. Where do you see Gangrene going here at the third overall pick? The Jets. Well, you know. Josh McCown was actually pretty solid last year for the Jets. Still, he's, he's getting up there in age, and I think they're still searching for the guy, even though they got Teddy Bridgewater, and he, who knows what's going to happen with him. Really rooting for Teddy Bridgewater, but injuries, man, suck. So I think I think they're going to go QB here, and I think the guy's going to be Josh Rosen. He's not my favorite quarterback in the class, but he is one of the few that can probably step in there, do a decent job pretty early on. Overall, pretty accurate quarterback. 
his junior year, he completed 62.6% of his passes and threw 26 touchdowns, and he ranked second in the whole country with 341.5 passing yards a game. So, I mean, he, he turned out some stats last year at UCLA, but obviously the biggest concern is his health, man, and his concussions. In today's NFL, you really, really got to be careful of that. And I think, I believe he had a shoulder concern as well. And along with the injuries, he also has some locker room concerns. Some former players and coaches have said that he can be really difficult to coach. So, yeah. you know, he, he's not my favorite quarterback, but I do think he's pretty solid, and I think he'd be a good pick for the Jets because McCown and Bridgewater are two guys that he could really rally behind and kind of usher him through his first NFL season. Uh, McCown, a better, a really mature veteran in Bridgewater, you know, having gone through some of the strife he's been through in his NFL career, he'd definitely be in, He'd be a good guy to talk to with those injuries that uh, Rosen has had. Yeah, and I think I think we're in agreement here with Rosen, right? We are. I think I think the Jets go Rosen here as well. At the end of the day, there's a lot of speculation. Maybe maybe Mayfield. The Jets will probably go Rosen. I think he's the yeah. the other. He's a top tier quarterback who can step into a moderate roster and immediately lead a team to wins. Along with Darnold, I think they're the top two. A lot of the concerns with Rosen are that he's almost too smart. But I mean, what's wrong with having a smart quarterback? No, I agree with that. I agree with you, yeah. If I'm, yeah, I, th- I think it's a solid pick solely because you have McCown and Bridgewater there. If you didn't have those two options, I'd be a little concerned taking him third overall. But I think he should go into training camp QB3, and I think he'll earn his way by week one to QB2. Maybe it'll be McCown, then Rosen, then Bridgewater, or something like that. You never know what's going to happen in preseason. But I, th- I, think, I think he can turn into a pretty solid quarterback, though. But I don't think you should expect him to be... A- anywhere near a viable fantasy option this year. Maybe none of the – I mean, the, the Jets have very few options, I feel like, on offense at this point. I, I just don't see them having a solid year fantasy-wise on offense. Thankfully for Jets quarterbacks, Robbie Anderson did have his charge uh, revoked. Um, gotcha. That's, that. that's, a pos- that's positive. That's a positive they got. I'm not sure if he's going to be suspended. That's still a possibility for a few games. But they got trail prior this offseason. He had a huge 2016 <laughs> – Last year was tough with the Redskins. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. It was pretty. As a Skins fan, it was pretty tough. But he was nowhere near the biggest problem on that roster. They had problems everywhere. So I think. I mean, Pryor is a freak athlete. He's huge. I think he could. Yeah, after getting humbled a little bit in Washington, he could bounce back and have a solid year with the Jets. They got the one-two punching Crowell and Bilal Powell in the in the backfield, both kind of like B B minus backs. They lost off yeah. the screen Jenkins. Their offensive line is still a question mark at a couple of spots. So I think he's outside of the top twenty as a fantasy option for sure. But I still think he's the way to go at number three yeah. overall. So yeah, I'm yeah, on board with the Rosen. So, yeah, Jets taking Josh Rosen from UCLA. I think that's the pick. I'm with it, man. And then we got the Browns fourth overall here. Uh, they have this pick via the. Deshaun Watson trade, and the Browns need to pull the trigger. They've, they've traded back so many times for quarterbacks. They traded back over Carson Wentz. They didn't take him two years ago. Right. They traded back. Could have taken Deshaun Watson. You got him taking Darnold first overall, so we got that off the board. Now we got Bradley Chubb coming off here, the, the edge rusher from NC State. Put him across from Miles Garrett, last year's number one overall. One-two punch you can build on for the next decade in Miles Garrett and Bradley Chubb. They're getting younger. They go with the edge rusher here. I think they should go with the edge rusher. Set the record at NC State passing former number one overall pick Mario Williams sack record. 26 career sacks for Chubb at NC State. As far as I know, has not had too many injury concerns. Interesting comparison between him and another noteworthy edge rush prospect from a couple of years ago, Joey Bosa, when he was coming out of Ohio State. Uh, he weighed around 270 pounds. That's what, what Chubb is. But Bosa ran a 4.86 40-yard dash. Chubb with a 4.66 40-yard dash. So significantly faster, same size, just a, a freak edge rush prospect. I think this is the way to go if I'm the Browns. Scott will go Chubb here. He's easily the best defensive prospect. I mean, last year, if you watched NC State play, which I did on a few occasions because I watch ACC football from time to time, he... It was like men among boys. I mean, the guy is NFL ready. He has the body. He's athletic. He'd be really, really solid pick for the Browns. Like I said earlier, in my mock draft, my personal mock draft, I had Barkley falling to number four, so I had Chubb falling as well. But if you're the Browns and you can get Bradley Chubb, he can be the cornerstone of your defense with Miles Garrett for the next decade or so, hopefully. You pull the trigger and get Chubb. It's a no-brainer for the Browns. 
I think he'd be a great pick. Uh, he led NC State and had a great career there. So I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great pick for the Browns here uh, to, after bolstering their offense and getting their leader on offense for the first pick, they do the same thing on the other side of the ball and get Bradley Chubb on the edge. The Browns, they add Chubb. We got the Broncos coming up fifth overall. Uh, there's a couple quarterback prospects still on the board. They could go Allen. They could go Baker Mayfield. Uh, what direction do you see the Broncos going, and who would you take if you're John Elway and the, the Broncos' brass? Yeah, I think if you're the Broncos, it's really tempting to go quarterback here. And maybe I've, I've heard that Elway has been pretty interested in um, Baker Mayfield. That, if I'm correct, I think they went to his pro day at Oklahoma. They um, did, yeah. Yeah. But the big news in Denver on the offseason is they invested in Case Keenum, who had a great season in Minnesota. So I don't think anybody even in Denver thinks he's the guy for the next even five, three to five years. Um, but in the near future, I mean, if you're going to pay him the money, he's going to be your guy. So I think they need to use this pick to ensure his success next season and whoever they end up drafting or getting in the future for their QB need to invest in uh, his success as well. And so I think they take Quentin Nelson here for Notre Dame, the offensive line, the need to boost that offensive line. Gave up 52 sacks in 2017. The league high was 56, so they were towards the bottom of the table in that regard. And they raked eighth in QB hits with 104. That's a lot of hits on Paxton Lynch or Cinnamon, whoever was playing. They switched so many times last season. I don't even remember who played the most games for them. Yeah, everybody got it on the fun. And so, I mean, if they can't protect Keenum, their money was a complete waste. You know what I mean? So they might as well invest in the offensive line. Nelson, from scattering points, has an enormous build, and he has the biggest the biggest asset is his power. Um, so he has the ability to make huge running lanes for the offense, which Sanderson on the Broncos, they had, he had a great season a few years ago in fantasy and just in the regular season. And they have he, – he, he kind of struggled last year. I think getting a guy like Nelson – help the running game, which will in turn help the passing game. So I think it's a really smart pick here to go offensive line. I think so, too. Uh, they did they did struggle in pass protection, as you said. I mean, only the Texans and Colts gave up more sacks. Uh, we can't forget about, I mean, Paxton Lynch, it looks like he's done their 2015 first-round yeah. pick. He hasn't been able to stay on the field, but at the same time, I mean, we did invest a first-round pick just two years ago. I think there's a lot of other holes on this team. Offensive line needs some work. You go Quentin Nelson. He bowls people over. Pair him up with last year's first-round pick, Garrett Bowles. You know, they're starting to accumulate some young talent on the O-line. So I, I too, would go Quentin Nelson here. And uh, Yeah, I think I you think just, just got to learn from your mistakes. The glaring uh, weakness on the Broncos has been their their quarterback play since Peyton Manning left. The defense has been there, but the offense has let them down a bit. So I think no matter who the quarterback is back there, you got to have a strong offensive line to protect them because, I mean, who knows how good Paxton Lynch uh, could have been with, with a solid offensive line to protect them. I think we definitely need to add some help up front. Let's see what Paxton Lynch can do if we get him in the quarterback room with Case Keenum, a guy who, you know, wasn't really relevant towards the beginning of his career with the Rams. He revitalized his career around the age of 30. So let's see yeah. if under his wing if Paxton Lynch can make some jumps. Let's not invest the fifth overall pick in the quarterback. Keenum showed Minnesota that when he has – some good weapons around him, you know, he can make some noise. And Denver, you know, they, they have some pretty good options on offense, whether it is C.J. Anderson or uh, Demarius Thomas didn't get moved, did he? I heard um, rumors that he might get traded. I saw that he's still there, and he's a really talented wide receiver. So if Keenum has somebody like him as an option, I think he'll be successful. I think so, too, man. We need to get him get him some help up front. I mean, that's a big reason why Minnesota went so far is their offensive line play. And right. You build from the inside out. He's a He was an MVP caliber quarterback for much of the season last year. Got his team to the Final Four. Uh, I think we, we build around Keenum, and uh, let's develop internally. Let's take a quarterback like, I don't know, Nick Falk or somebody in, like, the third or fifth round and just, exactly. you know, let's put some – Put some pieces together. Let's not invest that high. In I think we're paying Keenum $18 million a year. Yeah, yeah, he's got a two-year $36 million deal. That's a pretty hefty pretty hefty sum. I think we should build around him, give him a chance to succeed. So next up is the sixth overall pick. Uh, offensive guard, big stud off the board with the pick before. Where do the Colts go here? I think they go secondary. Derwin James, uh, it's a bit of a reach here. I've seen most mocks have him a little bit lower, maybe. And a lot of mock drafts, but I think he's the most exciting player. The Colts defense all around was pretty putrid last season. 29th against the pass, 25th against the run, so I definitely think that they should lean towards the defensive end with this sixth overall pick. 
So what you do here is you go Derwin James. I mean, he's an absolute freak, reliable tackler. He's got big size. He's 6'3", 230. He ran a sub 4'5", 40-yard dash. Seen Fitzpatrick go before him in a decent number of mock drafts. Fitzpatrick comes without the injury concerns. Derwin James missed all but two games in 2016 due to a torn meniscus. So mm-hmm. definitely a red flag. Uh, I don't know. What do you think here? Would you go Fitzpatrick or would you lean Derwin James with six pick Matt? You know, I think Derwin James is probably the most talented defensive back in this class. Um, he does have the injury concerns. I had him falling a little farther in my in my mock draft, but I think you're right with the Colts. You know, the Colts this is, this is a weird draft. The Colts are a weird team right now because you have no idea what's going on with Andrew Luck, but they have holes yeah. all over the roster. But I think getting a, maybe just a really solid defensive player like Derwin James would be would be a decent pick here. Playing the tough ACC, and you really couldn't draw up a better defensive back. He possesses all the physical traits. He's tall and has a chiseled body. Mm-hmm. He's athletic with that awesome 40 yard dash he had. And he's really versatile. He can play almost any position in the secondary, and he's big enough to cover and body tight ends. He's a really good blitzer and has the speed to get to the quarterback. So I think I think he'd be getting a pretty solid player in James, uh, no matter where he goes. You know, uh, I think the only concern is the injury concern, but that could happen with any player. You know what I mean? I think it's a good pick for the Colts. So the Bucks at seven overall, they also need help in the secondary. They were the dead last ranked team in pass defense. They got Brent Grimes back, but Brent Grimes is about 35 years old. He's had, <laughs> he's had some injury concerns. Vernon Hargreaves has been pretty lackluster since uh, the Bucks took him. Seeing Derwin James going off the board the pick before, do the Bucks rush here to grab Fitzpatrick or maybe Josh Jackson from Iowa, or do you think they go um, maybe, uh, yeah. maybe I think you take, line here? I think you take Fitzpatrick here. I mean, like you said, they are they were atrocious last, last season in the secondary. 32nd in yards allowed per game and 32nd, a.k.a. that is last in pass yards allowed per game. Two holes in the secondary at cornerback and safety, and Fitzpatrick played both positions at Alabama. So, I mean, you have a guy who's extremely versatile, can fill both both of those positions, basically get a 2-1 and with Minka Fitzpatrick. I think it's a really smart pick for Tampa Bay, who just needs playmakers on defense, and that's what Minka Fitzpatrick is. One last note on him. If you're Tampa Bay, you got to think about it. They're in possibly now the best division in the NFL. I mean, you got Drew Brees, Cam Newton, and Matt Ryan throwing against you. You need to really bolster that secondary to have a chance to compete in that division. And, I mean, they haven't had – think about the championship-winning teams in Tampa Bay in the early 2000s. But you got John Lynch and Rondé Barber back there, solid secondary playmakers. I think they think about that, and they need to take Fitzpatrick here at seven. I think that's a good call, man. You make a great point. I mean, three MVP quarterbacks – in their in their division, all of them playoff teams in the past two seasons. All every team in their division is is lethal through the air. And right. I mean, they have the worst pass defense in the NFL. They have yeah. to go secondary here. I don't. It's, think it's a no brainer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah. the bear the Bears are a team that I could see taking it a cornerback as well. I see you had Denzel Ward going to the Bears at eight overall. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's a distinct possibility. I think they could. Go linebacker here with Roquan Smith. You know, still still a rebuilding team. They need to accumulate capital here. The Bears, they're trading back. Bills, they've already traded up once. The Bills are really trying to get in position to take a quarterback. They see the Dolphins coming up before them at 11. So the Bills trade up here to the eighth overall pick. They take Josh Allen out of Wyoming. Most volatile quarterback prospect here. The lowest yeah, end competition sure. of any of the five uh, big QB prospects. Worst completion percentage of any of these prospects. But he's also probably got the highest ceiling, and I think that he's a good fit in Buffalo because he's a big dude, big hands. They play in a cold-weather city, play in the AFC East, a lot of you know cold games in December and January. He's done everything that's been asked of him in the pre-draft process. He hasn't been like a high-maintenance player. He just seems like a humble guy. The, the concern, definitely with accuracy, but I think played really well at the Senior Bowl. The Bills need to get another player at that position. I think they trade up here, so I'm going to utilize uh, my one my one trade here. Bears get the 12th overall pick, they get the 22nd pick, and they get a third rounder for next year. I think that might be about the compensation they would get. And uh, move back just four picks. That's what I'm going to go with, eighth overall. Yeah, well, we both have the Bills trading up to get Josh Allen, uh, so we're just at different points in the draft. So we're, we're kind of on the same page as far as that goes. Yeah, he did a good job of explaining Allen. He does. He's 
played decent at Wyoming. I didn't think he was crazy, and he didn't really stand out as compared to some of the other prospects. But he he does kind of have a chip on his shoulder. He was he originally signed with the community college, and then was discovered by uh, the Wyoming head coach Craig Bowl, who also recruited Carson Wentz at North Dakota State. So kind of got good history there as far as who you're associated with. Carson Wentz is uh, has now a Super Bowl ring, and the guy, I mean, he, he can fling it. I mean, he he really can throw the deep ball. And he, he makes those throws that no one else can really make. It's just a matter of how often he can make them and how often that works out for him. So I think if you're the Bills, it's smarter to do this rather than what I was saying. I just think that's what they're going to do. I think they should wait maybe trade up to number eight for the Bears, who maybe at this point just don't have a guy that really stands out to them. And that's why they trade it. There's Bradley Chubb is gone. All the Barkley's gone. No one like that is still on the board at this point or an offensive lineman. So I think they just uh, – play it safe and get some more acquire some more draft picks. I think it's a good solid uh solid strategy for the Bears here. Alright, so you got the you got the Niners at number nine overall. Definitely need some help on defense here. Not one of the best wide receiver cores. So I think receiver Calvin Ridley is possibly the best prospect at wide receiver this year and I don't I think nine's really early to get up and get Calvin Ridley. He's not he's not Amari Cooper coming out of college. He's not Julio Jones coming out of college. Um, so San Fran turns to the defense. They could take a cornerback here. I've heard a lot of Denzel Ward noise uh, to match up with give us Sherman here. But I think instead they're just going to go um, for a leader at linebacker with Roquan, Roquan Smith uh, from Georgia. Uh, they were 26th in the league in sacks last season, so they could use additional pass rush. And there's just a lot of uncertainty around uh, Reuben Foster from Alabama, who they drafted. He was arrested earlier this year on suspicion of domestic violence and possession of an assault rifle. That's no good. Uh, so, and, and if Reuben Foster yeah. comes back, then they have him and Smith and the linebacking court to um, lead the team. Um, and Smith is, appears to be the opposite of Foster. Became the leader on the Georgia defense in his sophomore year, and he played all 13 games for them, led, leading the team with 95 tackles. He's a former high school wide receiver, uh, so maybe yeah, maybe San Francisco does get a wide receiver here as well as a linebacker, right? And um, crazy athlete, has the quickness to cover on the passing downs, keeps up with backs and coverage, and he's great at reading the screen. Kind of has those uh, those character intangibles you'd want out of a leader in the defense. And, you know, they have a great playmaker and all-pro and Richard Sherman now in the secondary, and I think they get one. They get a linebacker now who could be that good, has pro, pro bowl potential. So I think they got Roquan Smith here. He's big time. I mean, they definitely need some help in the middle of that defense. They got Aaron Lynch as a starting linebacker right now, who has a lot of uh, had a lot of potential coming out of college, but he's had trouble staying healthy. As you mentioned, uh, Reuben Foster had some concerns coming out of Alabama. I believe he went to Alabama last year. Yeah. But legal trouble. I mean, John Lynch, the GM, has has said publicly that they're disappointed in in Foster to this point. I think they could go secondary here. I could see them taking. Denzel Ward as well, but I think Rokon Smith build that build that defense from the inside out. I know the Raiders will probably be disappointed with that. I think that Rokon Smith is a the player they would like to take, but Tremaine yeah, Edmonds, I agree with that. Tremaine Edmonds is another guy at, at the linebacker position who's a he's a you know a level prospect, uh, three down defender, just an all round linebacker. Edmonds is he's he's been at Virginia Tech for three years, but he's only 19 years old heading into the draft. Uh, he'll be 20 by the start of the season. Raiders really, they struggled in the secondary last year. They're not as worse in yards surrendered per game through the air, but I think they, they add Edmonds to the middle of this defense. He's big as hell, 6'5", 250. Ran one of the best 40-yard dash times among linebackers at a 4.54. Him with Cleo Mack and Bruce Irvin, that's a hell of a linebacking core right there. I think there's a bit of a bust, uh, bust potential reduction here because he's come up. I mean, he, he was the 236th ranked player coming out in his high school class and now he's locked to be a top 15 player. He's improved in three years at Tech. He comes from an NFL family. His father played seven years in the league, was a two-time pro bowler, so he knows what it takes to be successful in the NFL. He's had no character concerns, all-around linebacker. I think the Raiders go Tremaine Edmonds if Roquan Smith goes off the pick before. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a solid pick as well. Uh hate to say it because, you know, Wahoo Wah, but Edmonds is a really solid linebacker. He's just extremely athletic. I mean, you don't see many linebackers like this. I mean, that that forty yard dash, man, that's that's pretty insane. And he's a good tackler. He can finish tackles, um, and he has a lot of room to grow. And I think that's if you're the Raiders, that's why you draft him here. If you have Khalil Mack, so Edmonds is not going to have to be the leader of that 
of that defense. You can. It's. I mean, who would you rather learn under if you're a if right? You're a exactly. Player? Exactly. From um from NFL analyst uh, Lance Zierlein, his NFL comparison is Brian Urlacher. It's hard to be that as far as linebacker comparisons go for Edmonds. He has a lot of upside. Uh, in my draft, I didn't have him here. I, actually, I had him falling in the draft just because, like you said, 19 years old. Uh, who knows how raw he's going to be as far as an NFL prospect goes. And I had um, Derwin James falling down to the Raiders. Uh, I just think Gruden, he wants to get that nasty defense back, so he wants some hard hitters on defense, and that's what James and Edmonds would be. So ultimately, I think the Raiders go defense. They kind of have to. And Evans is a solid pick, even though question marks about you know how well he's going to um, fit into the NFL. But I think he uh, he has the inta- all the intangibles to be a great pro. I think so too, man. So Dolphins have stayed pat. They haven't traded up to this point in our mock. They got Tannehill coming off the knee injury. I mean, Jay Cutler. It's a mess over there, man. It's a mess in Miami. It's a mess in Miami. They've, you know, traded away Sue. They've traded away Jarvis Landry. Seems like they're rebuilding here. Yeah, I think I think they ultimately go quarterback, and it's really up to this point in our mock draft. It's between Baker Mayfield and Jackson, and I think I think they go Baker Mayfield here. I mean, 2017 was a mess for the Dolphins, like we said, and they really need a new identity. And I think hard to beat Baker Mayfield on that. Um, department as far as switching up the identity of your team and, you know, getting a new face in the locker room. Tannehill, I think, will still be QB1 because they've invested so much in him. And, you know, it's crazy. Not many teams start rebuilding in the middle of the year, but that's what the Dolphins did. I mean, they traded away Ajayi out of of nowhere, who was their star on offense. And so now they don't have a Jai or Landry, and they need some flair and some playmakers, and I think that's why they turned to Baker Mayfield. No more polarizing prospect in this draft. Yeah. I found, I found a tremendously interesting stat, I thought, from Pro Football Focus. He is their number one overall prospect. They watch every snap from every game, and that's this wild. is their guy. And, and they'll trade up if they need to, I guess. If, if they're, that, they're that invested in him, and they think he's going to get drafted, maybe by someone beforehand, I guess they'll, they'll try to make a move. But it's crazy. Baker Mayfield is so interesting because he's a Heisman winner. He's been, he won the Maxwell Award, the Davey O'Brien Award, the Big 12 Championship. And still he seems like, along with Lamar Jackson, who's decorated as well, super underrated, like not even close to being the number one prospect. I mean, he led the country in passage efficiency last year, and he broke his own NCAA record. So the guy is extremely accurate. He can control an offense, which is very attractive to any NFL team. And I think Miami just needs, like I said, a new face of the organization. And Mayfield is that. You know, I, he, he does have those concerns with his attitude, and he's drawn comparison to Johnny Manziel, which I think is actually not fair to Baker Mayfield, to be honest. I mean, being frank, Johnny Manziel was more into being Johnny football than Johnny Manziel. He had problems with drug abuse and that kind of stuff. So I, I think Mayfield is just a cocky guy, you know. Um, I don't think he's, he's an asshole or anything. I just um, think he has a fiery personality. If you invest in Baker Mayfield and you make him the guy, he'll be pretty good if you put weapons around him. Uh, whether Miami can, has the means to do that right now is another story, which is why I think Tannehill should be QB1 going into the season. But I think Mayfield is actually a really, really good pick. I mean, getting him at number 11, it's pretty good value, I think. Here's the concerns. I mean, he's a Big 12 quarterback coming out of spread offense. He's undersized. Johnny Manziel comparisons. He's got the police video where he's running from the Poe. Right. Gets tackled, gets tackled into the curb. He's got, the, of course, the, uh, the junk grab slash middle finger to the Kansas sideline. There's character concerns, spread offense concerns. But the intangibles are there. I mean, the intangibles are undoubtedly there. He led his team to the Final Four, Heisman Trophy winner. He's the best tight window thrower in this draft. On throws with less than one yard of separation between his target and the defender, he has a 10% better completion percentage than any other quarterback in this class. He has the best completion percentage of any quarterback in this class. I mean, granted... About 20% of his passes, his pass attempts last year were screen passes, but nevertheless, right. 
pretty glaring gap in his completion percentage to the next best prospect, almost a 4% drop-off between his 68.5 completion percentage and Darnold's 64.9. Right, yeah. He's durable. He's played in every game the last three seasons besides being suspended for the first two plays against West Virginia this year. He's a two-time walk-on. He's got a a boulder-sized chip on his shoulder. Exactly. The guy is still super underrated. His size is a detriment which I don't think it should be exactly. There's still guys, guys in the NFL right now who have won Super Bowls that are still playing that are around his size. You know, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson. Not saying that Baker Mayfield is going to be a Drew Brees or Russell Wilson, but he has potential there. It's not, it doesn't mean you're screwed as far as the NFL goes. Um, so I just think, I mean, he has the grit, he has the competitiveness and the fire I think you want from a QB. And I, I think um, getting him at 11 is uh, about where he should be. Miami should pull the trigger on him and kind of invest in Baker Mayfield to be their future. After Mayfield comes off the board at 11, I think I think he go Denzel Ward, arguably the best cornerback prospect in this draft. He's a hell of a cover man. Bit undersized is a, is a concern. I think he's more of like a nickelback kind of physical build. But the Bears, I mean... They could use him. They'd team him up with Prince Mukamura and, of course, Kyle Fuller, who they had to they had to sign to a new deal to keep from becoming a Green, a Green Bay Packer. The Packers tried to grab him as a restricted free agent. So they got a they got a young secondary. I think they should go in the secondary here with the 12th overall pick. Uh, this, of course, after trading back in our mock draft with the Bills, I think uh, I think Denzel Ward is just the best available player. He's the highest on my draft board of the available guys. And uh, I think, you know, in a pass-first pass NFL, another good quarterback division with Cousins, right. Rodgers, and Stafford. What do you think about Denzel Ward possibly going to the Bears at 12? I think it's a good pick by the Bears. I mean, that, you're, you're right. That was probably my biggest note for the Bears going to this draft, is now that the Vikings have Cousins, you have Cousins, Rodgers, and Stafford in your division. They need help on defense. Denzel Ward, really solid defensive back. First team All-American, 37 tackles, two for loss, two interceptions, and 15 pass breakups in 2017 for Ohio State. He's a great athlete. And I think that kind of the guy that the Bears need, just more playmakers on and more depth on defense. He um, has a smaller frame, so sometimes he lacks the strength against big, strong wide receivers. But I guess the only guy I can think of in that division would be Stephon Diggs, right? I mean, you have Golden Tate and Marvin Jones on the lines um, who he would maybe match up against, but they aren't uh, – they're not too overwhelming as far as size goes. Um, maybe, maybe Marvin Jones, but I think he'd be a good pick for the Bears here at 12. So your skins come in at 13, Burns, and Yikes. the wide receiver four I thought was one of the five worst coming into the offseason. Mm-hmm. I agree. They got the, the question of Jordan Reed is to be determined. I mean, he is a tight end with top – five or six fantasy potential when healthy, but he's had trouble staying on the field. They lost Terrell Pryor. I know that was a big loss for you guys. Yeah, you know. With his big year. Yeah. Um, They obviously have holes on the offense, but the Skins need to look to the defense, which has been consistently below average for years now. They have a plethora of needs on defense, defensive tackle, inside linebacker, and cornerback. And they've been consistently bad. 2017, they ranked 27th in points allowed per game, 21st in yards allowed per game, and 32nd in rush, rush yards allowed per game. So I think they go with Vito Bea, the defensive tackle from Washington here, to get a big boy on that defensive line and try to stunt the, the rush from the other team. And, yeah, given these statistics and the current depth chart, Skins need to take him here. Um, I thought if actually Derwin James keeps falling, somebody like that, they'd like to get him hard-hitting guy in the, in the secondary, but Vea um, here, too, because they lost, uh, they lost Cravens to the Broncos. Yeah. And they lost they got um, Fuller right there, but... in, that Chiefs, in that Chiefs trade to get Alex Smith. So, Fuller, yeah, they lost Fuller. And, and the reason I would go James, um, sorry, I need to talk about Vea more, but in Washington, Sean Taylor is, he's like a god in Washington still, so if they could get a guy like Derwin James who could maybe play a little bit like Sean Taylor fans would be ecstatic with that. But they should also be happy if they get Vita Vea, who is, he's enormous. I mean, 6'4", 347, that's a big boy. He's strong and intimidating at the line. He's a big he, dog. Yeah, he, he, he is a big dog. And 
you know, above average quickness and he has light feet for a defensive lineman. While it, I wouldn't look, if you're looking at Vitavea and you look at his stats, they're not, you know, they don't pop off the charts or anything. He has 99 tackles, 9.5 sacks, five passes defended and two forced fumbles while at Washington. But he's a dominant run defender with NFL size already and he's still pretty raw. So he has some upside that he could grow on or grow with. And with more coaching, he could easily be a Pro Bowl caliber player. But like I said, at this point, Washington needs just to get a guy on defense that they can kind of groom and leave the defensive line um, because they were terrible at defending it, defending the run 2017. And I think it's a match made in heaven, a great run, great run stopper, and then a team that is terrible at defending it. And I think Vita Bay is the way to go here. You get Ryan Anderson back as well. So if you second round pick out of Alabama last year, right. So they get him back healthy. They join him with Zaya in the middle. They got good linebackers. Who else you got back there? Brown. Mm, oh, uh, Kerrigan still. Kerrigan's around Kerrigan's there. Kerrigan's a fucking animal. Yeah, he's a beast. But he if you're the thing from the inside out, if you're the skins though, man, you're still super concerned about that secondary because even with the guys that they lost, they were still not good. They need a lot of work there. So, like I said, I, I say if Ward. Fitzpatrick or Derwin James falls to this point, they might skip out on Vita Vea and go that way because they're also pretty uh, barren at the, in the secondary as well. They have a lot of holes to fill in that defense. On the offensive end, uh, do you consider the trade-off between Alex Smith and Kirk Cousins, do you think that's a drop-off or do you think uh pretty even caliber player? I was, I was not very happy when they made the trade because I knew um, I was pretty sure that Cousins was going to leave because why would he stay at a team that refuses to invest in him? Um, and a fan base that, since Skins fans, it's so aggravating that just no matter what Cousins did, they were on his case. So I didn't blame him for leaving. I wasn't that happy about the Alex Smith trade just because he's up there in years um, as far as age goes. But his style of play um, allows it so he doesn't – he's not running around like crazy. He ran – if they run this similar kind of – offense that he ran in uh, Kansas City. I think he can be successful, even though I wasn't pleased about spending Fuller the other way. He was a promising uh, player in the secondary. And, you know, we'll see what happens. If you think about it, he was successful at the Chiefs because he had Travis Kelsey and talented running back in the backfield with Kareem Hunt, and we have Chris Thomas, and we have um, Jordan Reed when healthy, and he's a beast. So if he, if people can stay healthy, I think the Skins can still be viable on offense even without maybe a star wide receiver. Jameson Crowder and Paul Richardson might actually fit Alex Smith's game play, um, his style of play as well. So we'll see what happens. I love Kirk. Hope he does well in Minnesota. But I feel relatively confident that Alex Smith can lead the offense. I still don't see Washington as being a very strong team in 2018, though, or a playoff contender. They're not really rebuilding either. They're kind of in that purgatory of teams that are just there at the moment. I could also see him going Calvin Ridley here, but I definitely I feel your pain with the rush defense. Vita Vea, solid pick. Packers coming up next, 14th overall. Packers, a team like the Redskins, struggled defensively with the seventh most points allowed last year and finishing in the bottom half of the league in both rushing and passing yards surrendered. Maurice Hurst, the defensive tackle from Michigan, my next best prospect available on the board. He had that scare at the combine with the heart condition. Since been cleared to play, he participated in Michigan's pro day. He's been durable overall despite that heart concern. He's played in 12-plus games each of the last three seasons. According to Pro Football Focus, he's the third best overall prospect in this draft. I was pretty stunned by that. He's the best non-quarterback prospect in their book. He's the best interior defensive lineman against the run and in pass rush. Five-plus sacks and at least 11.5 tackles for loss in each of the last two seasons. And he's arguably the best player on a Michigan defense that finished third in total defense last year behind only Alabama and Wisconsin. I think Packers go Maurice Hurst, one of the best defensive prospects overall, and their rush defense needs work, so I think they go Maurice Hurst here with the 14th overall pick. I think it's a solid option for the, for the Packers there. Their, their defense has been kind of the skeleton in the closet for them for years now. They just haven't adequately invested in that defense. Um, and, I mean, I think for that team, they're going to go as far as Aaron Rodgers takes them. I think they showed that last season after he got hurt. They really were nothing special on offense or defense. And Hurst is a solid defensive player that bulk up that line. I think it's a good pick. In my other draft I had, well, in my mock draft, I actually had Green Bay 
kind of flipping the switch here and going Calvin Ridley. I just know Aaron Rodgers is not pleased when Jordy Nelson was let go. And I think giving him another option on wide receiver because you can't trust Randall Cobb, even if they got Jimmy Graham, but still their receiving core is a little depleted right now. But with that being said, their defense is also awful. So um, Hurst from Michigan, I think, is a really good uh, pick here if you're the Packers. If you're Aaron Rodgers here, I mean, his displeasure at a couple of the moves the Packers have made. I mean, they got rid of this quarterback coach, Sam Pelt, a couple of years ago without consulting him. You know, best friend on the team, and Jordy Nelson, probably his best friend on the team. They could have brought him back for a reasonable price. Ended up in Oakland. Ridley, not a bad pick either. I mean, Cobb is getting up there in age. I think I think Devontae uh, Adams is a top 10 fantasy wide receiver yeah, this year. he's pretty solid. Nelson, you know, I think they could go Ridley here. I could see that as a foreseeable option. But I yes, just, especially if he doesn't have to be the guy with Adams there. I think really be really be a great compliment to the Packers' offense. And you're right, man. I, if you're Aaron Rodgers, I don't. I'm, it's shocking that he hasn't made uh, much more noise than he has about being displeased with displeased with the organization. Because I mean, if they didn't have Aaron Rodgers for his, you know, for all the years that they've had him there in Green Bay, I don't know what that organization would look like right now. To be honest, they've made little effort to put weapons around him on each side of the ball. Really, I mean, they don't. They haven't had a solid running back in years. Ty Montgomery's not even a running back. Really, he's a wide receiver. He's he's a decent decent running back as far as. Uh, receiving goes, but he's not an in-between-the-tackles kind of guy. So if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm a little I'm a little concerned with the organization at this point. Um, but I think Hurst is a good pick. It improves the defense, which is also pretty bad. Yeah, and the last time they had a respectable defense, they won the Super Bowl in, I believe that was, what, 2010 over the Steelers? Yeah. I mean, when you get Aaron Rodgers a, a respectable defense, he. He's gonna get it done. I mean, he's got five years left in this league, and uh, I think I think you go that way. You start building that defense up. Uh, they're getting older and older with Clay Matthews, kind of still being the face of that defense. Think think you go interior defensive line here with Hurst. Yeah, uh, I think it's a smart pick. Coming up, we got Cardinals. I've seen so many projections having them taking Lamar Jackson. You know, they lost Tyron Matthew this off season, so secondary getting a little weaker. Larry yeah. Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald, uh, presumably his last uh, last hurrah here. Where do the Cardinals go here at 15th overall, Burns? Arizona is another weird team where they just have a lot of question marks all over the all over the roster. Really, uh, they're definitely rebuilding, I would say, which is crazy because you know they had arguably one of the best running backs in the league with David Johnson before he got hurt, and hopefully he'll be back next season, uh, back to his usual self. He's pretty fun to watch, but they do need a wide receiver with Larry Fitzgerald going out and. Um, they got John John Brown is now a, a Raven. John John Brown, that's who I'm thinking of. Yeah, so they traded him as well. And Matthew, they yep, shockingly got rid of Matthew, who was supposed to be the cornerstone of that defense. But I still think they go Lamar Jackson here. To be honest, I like Lamar Jackson. And even though they signed Sam Bradford in the off season, he's basically a walking hospital at this point. Cannot stay healthy, and you can't trust him to. But but when he when he's in, he plays well. He showed that the Vikings early last season. And so I think they take Jackson here just to stay safe because I think he has insane upside. I mean, Lamar Jackson, again, just like Baker Mayfield, has been extremely underrated. And so many scouts have wanted him to be a wide receiver, which I think is kind of insulting, to be honest, since he was Absolutely. so successful in college. I mean, I, I love Lamar Jackson. I, I'm really high on Lamar Jackson. I've watched him play. He destroyed my UVA Cavaliers multiple times in his career, which is not hard to do. But, I mean, he's won the Heisman, the Davey O'Brien, the Maxwell Awards in his sophomore year. He's a rare playmaker at blistering speed and agility. But he's also kind of, you know, he has poise in the pocket. So, um, at first glance, I would say RG3 would be maybe a comparison with Lamar Jackson. That's just because we've seen very few guys like Lamar Jackson. But he's a better, I think he's a better thrower than RG, RG3 was. Um, in 2016, he passed for three, over 3,000 yards, threw 30 touchdowns, and then ran for 1,500 more yards and threw, and, and ran in 21 touchdowns. I mean, this guy had an insane 2016 for Louisville, and then had threw, threw and ran for even more yards in 2017. Had less touchdowns. He's just put up, he's turned out numbers at Louisville. He never threw more than 10 interceptions in a season, which none of the other quarterbacks can uh, 
say. Not the most accurate guy. Uh, he's in around 59% completion percentage. That's the concern. Yeah, but there's still a lot of upside if you can use him correctly. And since they have David Johnson as well, I think this. I think it'd be a smart pick for Arizona. He, he has the ability to take over games and change the outcomes, which I don't know if any of the other quarterbacks in this class have. He scored 10 rushing touchdowns of over 40 yards while he was at Louisville, which is insane. And so he has that big play ability just to break open any play at any time. Um, I like it, man. And uh, one question I would have for you is, do you think Jackson is the top fantasy rookie quarterback should he go to Arizona? Yes. I, I mean, I, I don't think anybody can put the kind of – if he's I, – I don't know how well any of these rookie quarterbacks are going to do fantasy-wise. I have no idea how much they're going to play. I don't think some of them should play very much at all. But if Lamar Jackson is in Arizona and they put weapons around him and they they make him the guy and work their offense around him, he has the ability to put up crazy numbers, I think, for, for fantasy because he's throwing to a guy like Larry Fitzgerald. He can pass. Um, also to David Johnson out of the backfield, and he can make huge plays with his legs. So I think, you know, you work the offense around him, use the play action with him, which he's been extremely dangerous using. I think he has a lot of upside fantasy, and out of all the quarterbacks, he might have the most upside, to be honest, as far as putting up just crazy numbers goes. He may not win a Super Bowl ever or be um, consistently on pro bowl teams, but he is a solid, solid player, and I think he can put up good numbers. And God bless him, man. I mean, he should stay quarterback. I mean, his, Dude. his mom, that's probably part of the reason why his mom is his agent, and she's stuck with him since he was in basically being his agent his whole life, and, you know, people trying to get him to switch positions into the, yeah. into the NFL. I mean, that's just ridiculous. I mean, he's got to stay a quarterback. There are some concerns over accuracy, but if he, with the right coaching, I mean, he could he could be the sleeper. Uh, I know, man. I, if I and if I was Jackson, I would not even talk to the. If, if the team came to me and said we're thinking about making you a wide receiver, I wouldn't even listen to him. I'd just walk away. Uh, it's a waste of time. He proved himself at Louisville to be an elite college quarterback, maybe the best as far as uh, success goes with numbers with Baker Mayfield. And he's intelligent. I mean, he does, he throws few interceptions. He doesn't make many silly throws. He'll throw it away if he needs to. And he he ripped up a really a pretty decent conference in the ACC with some really good teams in the like a, good defenses like Tech and Florida State. I think he's a really good pick here for the for the Arizona Cardinals. He's going to stay a Cardinal if you ask me. And this is one of the most concrete mock picks I've seen is Lamar Jackson the the Cardinals for some reason. It, I see so many mock drafts of him going to the Cardinals. I think that's that's one with pretty good odds. Uh, so. Our final pick, rounding out the top half of the first round, the Ravens, 16 overall. Ravens, they did bring in Crabtree this offseason, which was a big move. I mean, I think I was I was saying now the Redskins had a bottom five receiving core. I think the Ravens were the worst receiving core coming into the offseason. Yeah, ben Watson, their tight end, is 37. Uh, I think they need to add some help on the outside here. I agree with you. I think it's a need going into this draft. Did we did we draft Calvin Ridley? Where'd he go? If he slips all the way to sixteen, I had him. Yeah, if I'm the if I'm the Ravens at, at sixteen here, I'm going Calvin Ridley. I mean, he's the number one number one prospect throughout the year. I know he was quiet for the majority of the national championship until until crunch time when he came through with the the huge touchdown late. Uh, he's the number one prospect through and through at the at the position. It's definitely Ridley. He hasn't he hasn't really separated himself like some receivers in past years. He's not like quite a Julio Jones level prospect like you mentioned. But yeah, that's if he is available, if Calvin Ridley slips to sixteen, I've seen seen him going as high as eight in some drafts, but if he slips to the mid teens here, you gotta go Calvin Ridley. So that would be my pick if on the Ravens. You add him to Crabtree, you add him to the worst passing offense in the NFL by far. I mean, the the Ravens yeah. have to add help on the outside. They had 121 yards per game to the air, uh, which was the worst by 45 yards. The next worst was Houston, 165 yards per game. That's embarrassing, man. I'm going. Yeah, you're right, man. I'm going Calvin Ridley here. No, it's it's, it's a no-brainer if he's still on the board at this point. I mean, 
he's the best wide receiver in this class. Like you said, he hasn't really separated himself from the um, rest of the group, as I think a lot of scouts thought he might. Um, but still, solid at Alabama playing under Nick Saban, who just churns out NFL-ready players, to be honest. Over almost 3,000 receiving yards while at Alabama, added 19 touchdowns. First team all SEC in 2017. Has the speed, he's a great route runner, and he has the experience in the Brestile offense at Alabama. So I think the Ravens will be getting a great guy here compliment uh, Michael Crabtree. But the Ravens are just so interesting because, you know, Joe Flacco, who knows? I mean, who knows really what he's going to do, um, how good he's going to be now a veteran in the NFL. And that's, that stat you gave is crazy about how terrible they were up passing the ball because Joe Flacco, that's what he does. He throws the default man. And the fact that they couldn't put up many yards with Mike Wallace and Jeremy Macklin is a little concerning. Uh, two guys who are usually decent wide receivers, maybe they just didn't fit in well the Ravens. But I think Ridley here would be a great pick for the Ravens. All right, I'm just going to recap the whole draft here. All right, so first overall, Burns, you took Darnold. Yep. All right, followed it up. Barkley went two to the Giants. Rosen, three to the Jets. Chubb, I took Chubb fourth overall with the Browns and Nelson to uh, to Burns to the Broncos. Yeah, that was the top five. And Derwin James to the Colts. Minka Fitzpatrick to the Bucks. We had a trade here. The Bears trade back with the with the Bills. They take Josh Allen eighth overall. The Bills do. 49ers, they go Roquan Smith, linebacker out of Georgia. Tremaine Edmonds out of VTech goes to the Raiders. Baker Mayfield, the, the polarizing shock jock, he goes eleven to the Dolphins. I think that's I think that's the best pick of the whole yeah. the whole top sixteen, man. I think he most accomplished quarterback, he's the most accurate number one prospect by Pro Football Focus. I think he I think that's the steal right there. Dolphins eleven right. like that. I think that's a great pick for the Dolphins, just revamping that franchise and getting somebody new in there with a different bit of maybe just a, just a different perspective. He's a bit fiery, kind of different from Tannehill, who I couldn't tell you what that guy's like. I've never heard him, I've never even heard him talk. So I think Mayfield and he's not going to shut up. So I think he's a great guy to have there to revamp the Dolphins. It's he, that's a great pick, man. And we got to wrap it up. We got the the Bears trading back, taking Nickelback Denzel Ward out of Ohio State. Vita Vea goes to Burns' Redskins at 13. Maurice Hurst, the D-tackle out of Michigan, goes to the Pack at 14. Uh, then we got Lamar Jackson, Cardinals 15th overall, and then rounding it out. Calvin Ridley, the Alabama wide receiver, goes to the Baltimore Ravens. All right, Burns, hell of a draft. I guess we'll have to wait 10 years to see how all these careers turn out. But thank you so much, man, for blessing the podcast. And get another episode out there in two weeks if you want to do 17 through 32. Sounds good, man. I had a lot of fun doing it.
Stand on their wings, so be the darlings, hope they broken you Yeah, they better hope that I'm a full force and a cold fast See the cold floor where I lick dirt when the dough dried and the pride died Had a dumb max, had a shop right, give me cool meals and the lights on I'm a do right, get a new crew, make a new life, never boo-hoo, never lose sight I'm a voodoo with a burst heart from my old soul Better stop drop when the squad's hot, we don't stop a lot We don't talk a lot about it, we just pop it off a lot I'm high man, I'm a cosmonaut Scream fuck up till they lock my bloody noggins off, I promise y'all I'm mind, y'all I could've died, y'all A couple times I took my eyes off the prize, y'all I know a few people pray for my demise, y'all But like cream, I had to rise, I had to rise, y'all Oh my, y'all